Welcome back into One Winning Pod, where it turns out the Ravens actually aren't all that bad. They went into Foxborough against a non-Tom Brady-led team, took care of business. Uh, we found out the Dolphins are legit, uh, which makes last week's loss feel, you know, a little less bad. But overall, I mean, we got a bounce-back performance here by the Ravens. We were expecting they would able to be able to beat this team and that portions of it might be difficult and that's exactly what we got a little more high scoring than we expected but still Ravens get out of it and they're going to take a two and one record into or back home this coming Sunday uh, against Buffalo yeah certainly a lot of uh, a lot of good things um, but I think with the story of the first couple of weeks I think there are definitely a lot of things that still need to be cleaned up nowhere near close to being a perfect team at this point but yeah I think we got to start with what went well guys Lamar Jackson continues to just be amazing uh <laughs> i don't know what the price tag is going to be for whatever we do resign him i don't really care i've said it before <laughs> i don't really care but um gosh he still is performing at an extremely high level i mean ended uh, the game with five touchdowns i mean phew, it's incredible now yeah it feels like a feels like a great decision that i did in the uh, ravens flock league to take him and double dip with andrews I- i've been doing great so yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, the same stack that uh, Correspondent Kfish did in another league, right? He did that. I know, yeah. He and I are doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful stack. It's funny because I have him in best ball leagues, which is like good and bad. It's like obviously I would have started him anyways, so it's like not that interesting. <laughs> but like, in a couple of leagues, I wish I picked him sooner. But yeah, man, Lamar Jackson. Like I haven't looked yet at the like leading rushers in the NFL, but I'm pretty sure he's probably one of the leading running backs as well. Like definitely top 12 because he has 100-yard games, and like all the running backs have been so inconsistent this year. Uh, I mean, he's a cheat code. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a little bit of everything, too. I mean, just continues to look great in pretty much all phases. There are only a few throws, I think, that probably we don't want to have back. I think it was one down the sideline to Andrews. Maybe put a little bit too much oomph on it. The interception, I think that was just maybe a poorer read, and I'm not seeing the, the corner kind of drop off the route from Duvernay. That I'm sure he'd like to kind of have back. But, uh, I mean, other than that, like, shoot, just on point with a lot of throws, short passes, deep passing, like it was just all over the place. I mean, that throw to Duvernay in the end zone, fantastic pass uh, from that one as well. And I, I really think, you know, <laughs> we're not we're not an apologist pod, uh, even though maybe we have a little bit more positive things to say than some other of the fan base, but another guy who probably deserves a lot of credit, Greg Roman. Uh, there, there was a lot of interesting play calls, I think. I think the vault was was opened. I mean, that shovel pass to Andrews, that's straight out of Andy Reid's playbook. I was not expecting that at the goal line. But uh, it was a great play call. Uh, Andrews almost lost it. <laughs> it was a little bit low for him. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there were a lot of plays like that, I think, in this game that the guys just executed really well on. And uh, it showed. It was, it was creative, and it worked really well. Yeah, Lamar's picking up right back where he left off before um – before the Miami game last year kind of derailed him combination of whatever that illness was that he suffered where he wasn't able to play against Chicago. And then just never just seemed kind of out of sorts until the injury. Um, but he's, he's back here. You're asking is Lamar currently leading the league in rushing uh, currently tied for fourth right now, yeah. <laughs> very likely will be tied for fifth after, you know, when people are re- listening to this recording, considering Saquon is only seven yards behind him in Monday night football hasn't kicked off. But yeah, I mean, not only just on the ground, uh, through the air, current leader in throwing touchdowns in the NFL, Lamar Jackson stands alone there to just two interceptions, 64% completion percentage. He's really good, you know, and I can understand fans frustration last year, but the, the idea that the Ravens should have let this guy go for Huntley, even if he breaks the bank, which he's going to. Yeah, no, (laughs) no. Lamar is one of the best players in the league right now, and he's able to cover up some weaknesses on this team as some players get back in the groove of things. And we'll see. We'll see what happens this week against Buffalo, but that's going to be an incredible quarterback matchup. Uh, You know, the best quarterbacks in the league right now, I don't think it's a a homer take to say right now it's in whatever order, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Those are the by far the three best quarterbacks right now in the league. We're going to have a great quarterback matchup. And like Chris was saying, the, the offense, we're seeing some new wrinkles for through the first three weeks. And hopefully 
the Ravens will continue to do that against Buffalo. We have seen in the past, sometimes early in the season, the Ravens will bring out these new offensive wrinkles and then kind of draw it back a little bit and be a little more conservative, a little more of the what has worked in the past in these big games, I guess, to you know avoid any critical uh, mistakes. But if, if this offense continues to be aggressive as it has through basically since the second half of week one against the Jets, uh, it's going to be a really exciting matchup. Uh, against Buffalo. But we still got to talk about this game first before we get to that. So um, <laughs> I, I think uh, Chris brought up a good segue too. Receivers this week, again, were great. Mark Andrews is his old, reliable self. But let's talk about Devin Duvernay because now this is three weeks in a row of Devin Duvernay making impact plays on special teams and receiving. Three touchdowns through the first three games. And even though he didn't have a touchdown against Miami, had two good catches one of them was a clutch catch over the middle unfortunately he got concussed on that play but are we starting to see Devin Duvernay take on the unquestioned number three receiving role in this offense Mink was right remember when we had <laughs> Mink on and we I were do like, yes I do <laughs> they're like yeah, what about that. Tyler Wallace what about Prochet and he's like I think it's Duvernay <laughs> we were like like all right like I guess so. And it kind of felt like we were all just making our own uh, things. The guy in the castle, we should have trusted him. <laughs> he knew. He had seen it. Uh, yeah. Duvernay is the number two wide receiver, uh, you know, of the actual wide receivers, not not including Mark Andrews. And it's not even close right now. He, I mean, we and Robinson. You now Robinson comes in, we're like, oh, maybe he's the number two. No, it was, it was always Duvernay. It was always Duvernay. He was hurt. Like we didn't see him in the preseason, uh, and maybe we wouldn't have. You know, at the level he's been playing right now, he might have been included in the the group that just never got to play. And obviously, a Pro Bowler in the receiving department. Every time he catches the ball, there it's dynamic, and you think he could break it to the house. And yeah, I'm just. Uh, I'm just a little salty that I went contrarian on my best ball lineups. Like I always picked a wide receiver for the Ravens near the end because I figured like there had to be someone who would emerge. But I only got Duvernay a couple times. I got a lot more Prochet. <laughs> and homeboy's growing is not recovered. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Uh, but you know we think he'll, you know hopefully he'll be there available in a couple of weeks or you know something whenever it is. But uh, but yeah, man, yeah, Duvernay is playing great. Um, also, you know, continuing to make plays in the special teams on the return game. He had a nice, that uh, was a 47 yard return earlier in the game. I mean, if he, uh, just was able to veer back in bounds, that was a touchdown. Um, a great game changing play, but yeah, um, you know, kind of continuing with the offense. Um, I think we should talk, uh, talk a little bit about the other guy who, uh, who came back and I, you know, didn't have, uh, a, you know, a great day in terms of stat line, but it was really great to kind of see him back. J.K. Dobbins, to me, like, you know, he's, you know, a little bit of rust. Um, I think they're in some places, you know, maybe, you know, did he hit the right holes in some places? No, there are a few issues in pass protection, but, you know, he's he's just kind of getting back. Like, it's kind of to be expected. But uh, physically, like, I think Dobbins is almost there. I mean, he had, still has some power. Still has a good bit of speed. Uh, there was one play, I think it was only like a two or three yard run, but he had to avoid a Patriot defender in the backfield, did a nice spin move, and had to keep his balance. That was one of the things that we were really excited for when he was a rookie. He just had tremendous balance and being able to stay upright and keep churning for yards. That was there. And that really, that was a play that really made me excited uh, for his return. And uh, the good news, you know, fortunately, is that overall, I think, you know, the run game did pretty good. Like it was a bounce back game, I think. Uh, not just because of Dobbins' appearance, but blocking, very, very good this game. Uh, Justice Hill had a few big runs as well. Uh, we're starting to see more from him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, all around, like, uh, a lot of positives, I think, to take away there. Patrick Ricard. We have to talk about Patrick Ricard if we're talking about the run game. We talked about it last week. You know, he didn't have the best game. There was questions of, you know, he was if he had an injury that he was playing through because he didn't practice some uh, was limited participant in practice during the week leading up to the Miami game. But he came out and he was just absolutely had a great game from a run blocking perspective. Um, also got to have a catch. Matt Judon definitely, uh, he had, had a great reunion with Judon that game. There were plenty of times he was in on <laughs> Judon, completely pancaked him. At one point I had to put in our Discord chat, you know, Body by pancakes greater than body by Taco Bell because 
Patrick Ricard just <laughs> laid him out on one of the blocks. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but oh, it was the yeah, one that sprung the uh, the big yardage the, from Phil. the third. I'm, I'm literally I have the replay on in the background. There you go. It literally <laughs> just played third quarter about ten like ten fifteen. Yeah, that he had to cross the formation and then basically like do a 180 to be able to move him in the other direction and just completely pancaked him. Amazing block. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that's that's really going to be important down the stretch for us to get Patrick Ricard in his prime. I understand, you know, his position on the team. You know, there's some controversy among the fan base as to whether or not the Ravens should be using him a lot, but unfortunately, as we saw, Nick Boyle was active this game, and he did not see the field very much. Josh Oliver got way more snaps than he did. Josh Oliver got more snaps than Isaiah likely did. Obviously, he had the touchdown catch, which was excellent placement by Lamar and, and decent adjustment by Oliver to, to get to that ball in the zone. But, you know, I, I think we did see a little bit of improvement from Oliver, from a run-blocking perspective in this game. I'll admit I wasn't watching it super closely, but there were a couple times where I saw, you know, he had some decent blocks. But you'd feel much more comfortable with Ricard being uh, a bigger part of the run-blocking game if Boyle is not able to go. And we did see Ricard, you know, line up in some, at tight end at some times, uh, gave some assistance to Falele in pass protection, which we'll talk about later since the left tackle uh, situation continues to be a fun discussion but yeah excellent game by Ricard and hopefully that's something that that can continue his health can stay as we're still waiting to see how much if any Boyle is able to contribute this year yeah it is wild that Boyle was in for four snaps and Oliver was in for 24 the only like optimistic take for this for Boyle that is is that maybe they view Oliver as a trade candidate <laughs> I don't know. Like they're trying to showcase them, but yeah, this is uh it's not positive. And you know, I can't remember if Boyle was involved in special team snaps in the past, but he was involved with nine of them. Uh, same as Oliver. So maybe that's another, another piece of the puzzle. It's like, he's really kind of falling down the depth chart. Another guy who barely got any snaps. Uh, when we talk about the run game is Mike Davis. He only got one snap Drake, who was the starting back, the starting announced back. <laughs> one week ago was inactive uh for no other reason than just like i guess performance or like fit and uh i tell you man the running game is i would say back and i don't think it's hyperbolic to say that hill was running well dobbins was running well and the big thing i will say about both of them is that it's pretty clear to me that they've been around a while because the mesh point looks so much better with them and it actually became a real like a trick you know like when we've watched the ravens a lot obviously and half the time in the mesh point i don't know who's gonna get the ball you know that's the point (laughs) whereas i think at the beginning of the year it was more of a standard handoff than any other it wasn't a true like ravens mesh point where it looked like a go either way at, at any point these two backs got it they can run the mesh point it gives you so much more versatility and it's awesome I I'm, I'm thrilled. And I also was really happy to see that Dobbins was participating in the passing game, lining up out wide and, uh, and even getting thrown a couple balls. So I think he's another option that, uh, we'll see get, get catches in this offense for sure. Yeah. And you really love to see that Dobbins looked like his old self. Sure. You just look at the, at the, um, box score, only average 3.3 yards per carry, but that really doesn't tell the whole story. Um, obviously, he's go- still going to get have to get his legs back. He didn't get as many carries as you would like to see, but again, working him back in, that's expected. But physically, like he looked like uh, the Dobbins that we remembered uh, from the, the end of the 2020 season. Uh, he looked explosive. He looked shifty. And yeah, I think you're bringing up a great point with bringing up how the mesh point really does unlock this Baltimore offense and get the run game back in swing. We were talking in the preview episode about how, you know, if the Ravens can win the time of possession, that's going to be huge for them as far as controlling the clock, uh, controlling the game flow, rather, I should say. And they did it, guys. They did. By 36 seconds, they won the time of possession this week. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the running game does for you, (laughs) being a little bit facetious there. But it it, truly, it is. um, That's what makes this, has made this run game so special in the past few seasons, as most people listening to this is are, know, if, if not all of you, um, it's been stated quite a bit. And 
when you have backs there, like the first two games this season for the most part and last year, who don't have as much experience running that with Lamar, the rushing attack just isn't going to be as as effective. It's just not. So it's great to see that that Dobbins looks healthy, Justice Hill looks healthy. Hopefully we can get Gus back too at some point this season. But yeah, this looks like a part of the offense that's on the ascendancy. They're fit, getting pieces back. They're figuring out how to make this gel. It's really good to see this this coming together. Well, moving over, I uh, kind of want to talk about offensive line. So we mentioned before, so it looks like uh, Patrick McCary had some sort of ankle injury. Uh, he was ruled out in uh, early in the game, I think around the second quarter. Um, so I don't know if we've heard any news on him as far as I know. It's a sprain. Uh, as far, it's a sprain, so maybe a couple of weeks. But that was yeah. from Harbaugh, though, right? Yeah, Harbaugh said <laughs> after the game it was a sprain, and I mean – I think the the thing that you're really getting at, Chris, is like that could mean anything, right? Like, <laughs> legitimately, could mean a- anywhere from like I think it's not going to be long enough to warrant an IR visit, but it will be long enough that he probably is out for at least another game yeah. or two. Like per Jeremy Fowler, it's a low ankle sprain, so not high ankle sprain like Lamar had last year. Oh yeah, I mean he said he'd be fine, which I mean, it, to be honest with you. I've noticed the new Harbaughism is like fine if it's not a season ender, not fine if it's a season ender. <laughs> You'll be back in eighteen weeks. Well, if you make the Super Bowl, you're fine. <laughs> Get some deer antler spray or something. I was just about to say <laughs> We got stockpiled, <laughs> right? I was gonna say in a couple of years, not fine is gonna mean well, he's probably never gonna play again, but fine. Yeah, he'll be he'll come back right. sometime. But uh, no, that actually wasn't a leading question. I legitimately did not know if there is a status on the carry. But um, appreciate bringing that up. That's good. Uh, (laughs) Our listeners will appreciate it. Um, But yeah, no, uh, talk about his replacement, uh, Daniel Falele. By the end of the game, I thought he looked pretty decent. You know, he had a little bit of a rough first half. I think um, rookie fourth round pick being thrown in the fire, had a little bit of issues, especially in uh, pass protection. I just had a lot of trouble being able to get back and uh, into his sets. He had guys go around him. Uh, I think there were two sacks that were, um, you know, mostly on him. I think the second one, maybe you can make an argument that Dobbins should have chipped uh, the rusher on the outside, maybe could have allowed Lamar just enough time to escape. But I think he was credited for two sacks. But yeah, by the end of the game, I mean, I, you know, kind of what I mentioned earlier, just kind of credit to Greg Roman for really adapting and, you know, providing some help. I mean, Ricard uh, was involved in some blocks over there on the edge. Um, I thought he did a good job. Sometimes Powers would also um, assist a little bit more on that side. But uh, by the third, fourth quarter, I thought Falele looked relatively comfortable, um, and it wasn't as uh, dire of a situation as it was in the first half. But, uh, of course, you know, Ronnie Stanley, where are you? Uh, it would be really nice to have you come back at some point soon. Please, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I feel like uh, Falele looked good, but gosh, it would certainly be better to have a healthy Ronnie Stanley there. <laughs> Street clothes Stanley, as uh, Garnett calls him, is, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if uh, this is the call to action necessary to get him out there. But I'm glad to see the left tackle of the future uh, looking all right. Like... <laughs> Like Falele, in my opinion, I was saying that at the end of, of preseason, he's the left tackle of the future, like uh, in my head until proven otherwise, until Stanley says that he's coming back. I thought that he showed enough. And like, my golly, by the third game of the year, we're in the situation where he had to show it and he looked competent. Like, again, like you said, it started off a little rough. He wasn't getting out of his set fast enough. The same things we've been talking about all preseason that kind of can ail him from time to time. But uh, he has his way of bouncing back and improving at really rapid paces. He was doing his set on the sideline uh, to like, you know, just like get more practice, like in the middle of the game, you know, like, cause he doesn't play left tackle. He played right tackle. I mean, even I think all preseason, we didn't even see him like flirt with the left side. Mm-hmm. This is, this is excellent news for the Ravens. And, you know, if the worst case scenario happens and he ends up having to be a left tackle for us uh, for an extended period of time, it looks like it might not be the worst. Like it could be absolutely better than what it was last year and maybe even above average play. So I'm excited for him. I think 
this is like again like going back to this draft class and some of the immediate returns that we're seeing it's it's just another good sign for the ravens yeah i mean just like think of like the raiders game last year with alejandro villanueva and just like compare that tape to like what filele showed this game like I mean, Philele looked great in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, I know we're kind of like picking on him. Like, yeah, he wasn't getting fast out of his sets, but he wasn't Alejandro Villanueva, right? Like that was, he had some really atrocious pass protection <laughs> that one year. So yeah, uh, totally with you, man. Like mostly positive signs. Yeah, and it was great that they didn't ha- help him much. Like you said, after uh, like that was one of the things that Harbaugh mentioned in his presser was that you know they were giving him some help at the beginning, and then he kind of got into his own, and they stopped doing that, and that really opens up the game. We saw that last year with Villanueva, we had to like help him so much that you know these chip lockers like they can't do that much. They're not as dynamic, and it limits your options in the passing game when you do stuff like that. And if you don't have to worry about them, like, boom, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. So not having that liability and being able to pick up your assignments and deliver is going to be a huge deal for the Ravens. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, we've definitely seen worse rookie debuts for Ravens offensive linemen than what we saw from Falele. And exactly what you guys hit it right on the head. Like what you love to see out of him is the improvement throughout the game as he, got himself accustomed to the speed of the NFL against a, a pretty formidable defense. You know, they were they were bringing guys all game. That defense is, there's a lot of good players there. And say what we will about the offensive side of the ball for the Patriots, the fact that the Ravens put up 37 points on that defense is a good accomplishment and that they were able to do it with a slightly beat up offensive line was pretty good too. To also talk about the offensive line, I wanted to talk a little bit about a guy we haven't talked too much yet about. He's a new guy on this offensive line. Um, Morgan Moses is a guy I'm still yes. trying to get a full read on. <laughs> um, he had some huge blocks in the run game this game. Um, it did give up a, a, a few pressures, um, but overall, like I haven't, you know, had a chance to like you know go back and like watch every snap of Morgan Moses. <laughs> so, but from what I've seen so far, particularly in the run game. Um, the early returns seem pretty good on this guy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, as I was watching the the replay again of this game, uh, I was trying to focus a little bit more on Moses. Yeah, a run blocking. I, I mean, I thought there was a, shoot, was it that one? I don't remember if it was a Dobbins or a Hill run, but uh, you had Zeitler and Moses. Actually, no, I guess it would have been Lamar. It was but a Lamar Zeitler, run. I know which one yeah, you're talking you had, about. Yeah, yeah you, had Zeitler and Lamar, <laughs> you had Zeitler and Moses pulling left. And then Zeitler got the down block, and Moses was sort of running up. Uh, Moses just completely demolished number 21 on that play. I think Andrews was initially blocking him, but then he went off to block somebody else. And then Moses just came in and just led the way, completely pushed him out of the play. And Lamar, you know, came, went behind him, got a first down, more yards, whatever. But um, yeah, <laughs> that was exciting. I watched that, and I was like, oh, okay, I see, I see 78. And pass protection, you know, I, I got to say, overall, like, I mean, he was one on one on Judon pretty much the whole game and for the most part i mean the ravens weren't going to let judon beat them i mean uh the guy across from him uh wise uh wise jr had three sacks technically two i guess the third i don't know why lamar didn't pick up the extra yard but he got three um but that was all on the left hand side um but as far as the right i don't think judon was really involved in much um so you know credit to him with that i really like some of his technique and for moses too he just he seems to really anchor really well you can kind of really kind of like see him kind of like sit down waiting for somebody to come and uh you know be able to push back and so um yeah you know overall like not flashy but kind of like you know kind of like the guy next to him Zeitler of just you know quietly for most of the part doing his job pretty well and then uh you know fortunately for this game he kind of had that one highlight block where I was like okay yeah I see you're there but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up, man, because uh, I was pretty excited for him just watching the, the replay of this game. Yeah, his second level blocks were great. Um, his pulling was awesome. He's been pretty quiet. I mean, he had two false starts in this game, which was like a big no-no. After what honestly has been a remarkable first two games for the offensive line from a penalty perspective, um, just basically none. I don't know. I can't remember if they had none or just one or something, but it, it definitely has been really low. So hope, hopefully he gets that cleaned up. Well, I was one of them. I think the first one. I think the Patriots were running some sort of blitz. Linderbaum was taking a little bit to basically point out who was going to pick mm-hmm. up who, 
And they were really like everyone was kind of rushing to be able to get their sets. And then it was basically if Moses didn't have a false start, it was going to be a delay game. Delay game. So I don't know if I necessarily put that one on him. But the second one, yeah, I think that was a mental error on his part. It was all him. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, Chris, because like I do remember the play clock was coming down. So it looked like uh, one way or the other, we were getting a penalty. So, yeah. The uh, he was just trying to like if this stat does go out, I'm going to be perfectly as <laughs> the best, <laughs> yeah, yeah. best jump <laughs> <Yeah>. ever. <laughs> Which you know, I mean, again, like you know, we haven't talked about him, but I mean, a, a bad play in the moment for Linderbaum, but honestly, like that's kind of something that you want to look for from a center, right? Being able to make the right calls, and you know, unfortunately, like you wish he kind of got him a little bit in sooner. But I like the the fact that he's able to you know be able to point them out. Um, you know, one of those things I guess with more mental reps to be able to make those calls a little bit faster. Uh, but it's, it's certainly good to see from a rookie. Yeah. I, I mean, this offensive line, I mean, all things considered, obviously we're having the issues with the run game, but uh, it looks like that's improving. And the pass blocking has been tremendous, which has been enabling the passing game to be so much more dynamic. And I, if, if I have to choose one, I'm picking the passing game. Right. <laughs> and, and it's great that the running game's coming. Right. And I think it will be there eventually uh, in full force. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is all really positive signs. The investment in the offensive line is showing we are down to our like third or fourth string tackle, mattering only how you want to look at it. And they had a great performance against a good defense. How about that? Well, speaking of the defense, I guess we want to go and move to that side of the ball now. And it was a, definitely a better performance than what we saw in the collapse against Miami. Early on, it looked like it was quite clear that the Patriots had watched the film and they saw, okay, when the Ravens had to put out the rookie corners, we can attack those guys and have some success there. And early on, you saw Armour Davis was kind of put on an island a bit with could have had more uh, help from my perspective, at least, uh, against Devontae Parker. But the Ravens quickly made an adjustment there, put in Brandon Stevens, kind of nullified that, through the end of the first half and then had some issues there. But I mean, outside of those big plays to, to Parker, Devontae Parker, I think he had like 150 yards receiving despite the, the, the final score. I think the pa- Ravens defense more or less kept the Patriots offense basically where they wanted them for the majority of the game. I think so. Uh, I think the obvious weak spot right now is the third corner. Um, yes. I, I think Mar- Marlon and Peters, I think, I think they got it. I, I didn't really see too many plays that were made on their side of the field. The third corner right now is um, definitely more of a question mark. Jalen Armour Davis, I, I wouldn't be surprised if his snap counts really start diminishing the next couple of weeks. Just from a, a like, some of the mental mistakes he had were just like really bad. I think that first catch that he let up to, I guess it was to Parker or Parker Aguilar in the first half, just was like playing off his guy, then was slow to react to get there, then took a bad angle to be able to get the guy, and then he like kept running more. Eventually made the tackle, but there were just a string of like really poor, you know, rookie deci- you know, rookie mistakes basically um, in there. And you know, I'm sure you know they're trying to get them, get him a little bit of that early, be able to learn from that. But honestly, like, I'm a little concerned if they want to put them in there for an extended period of time because I mean, now we've had two weeks in a row of basically really big mental mistakes um unfortunately you know they didn't cost us the game this time but uh they certainly could miami it did so um i'm a little iffy on him as the third um but yeah you were right stevens played a little bit better although had some issues um as well pepe honestly looks the most comfortable to me but uh you know i'm sure you know rotating him with stevens i think would be ideal but they they definitely need some more seasoning Harbaugh was given the excuse to Stevens that, you know, coming back from that quad injury that maybe he had a step lost and, you know, might be able to, um, you know, improve over time. And I, I don't disagree with that. I think that could be a, a part of it. Armour Davis, some bad angles, you know, we saw him take um, definitely some growing pains there for the rookie. Uh, and Pepe, like you said, I think I, I like Pepe the most because it allows um, Humphrey to stay on the outside, which feels feels like a plus right yeah and uh, i don't know we'll see how this all plays out i'm not hitting the crisis button on it at the moment um because these are all young players who can improve and also like i like the fact that we're trying different things and seeing what works with this defense and i think over time they'll settle down the biggest thing i'll say is 
quite frankly, I don't care at all if uh, we give up 400 yards passing every game, if we're going to get like three to four interceptions, <laughs> which is kind of what we've been doing. And that sounds good to Alec. Like, I think we need to look at defense a little differently than we used to as Ravens fans. We used to think of suffocating defense, no yards, just like brutal. The offense in the world of the NFL has changed such that, that I think like giving up yards and dynamic plays is okay, but having your own dynamic plays, mostly in the turnover department, either through uh, forced fumbles or interceptions, is kind of the new way, or like a big fourth down stop that we saw out of Humphrey, or a you know critical sack. It's more about these splashy, flashy plays, in my opinion, than just like raw stats. And that's where this defense has actually shined almost all year, minus one quarter. <laughs> and that is what I care about, and I think is more sustainable and what we should be focusing on. So... Yeah, you can't you can't judge this team by the box scores and by like just stats. Is my main takeaway. It's all about game flow and how they're able to rise to the key leverage situations. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point, and I know we've talked about this in the past before. Whether or not on this show, I can't remember. In Ravens teams of old, sure, those defenses were dominant because of all the great players that they had. This current defense has a lot of great players as well, too. Uh, but again, like you said, it was a different time and. Also, and we've talked about this before, the game plan that the Ravens offense would used to have with the run heavy, you know, really make long drives, not many big splash plays terribly often, that kept your defense really well rested on the sideline. And therefore, they're going to have a much easier time against offenses. And it, you know, currently we saw that the Ravens rushing offense, okay, starting to get a little bit of its stride against the Patriots, but when you're doing these these quick drives where you're scoring on these long plays, uh, it gives the defense less time to to rest and increases the pace of play for both sides of the offense. So yeah, defense is going to give up more at, the, at those times. But I think you, you bring up an excellent point. We've stressed so much over the past few seasons, um, and, and the Ravens have come out publicly and said it as well. Turnovers need to be a key. They need to be a key for this defense. And through the first three weeks of the season – we're seeing a, a plethora of turnovers out of this defense. Um, heck, the Ravens almost had, Marcus Williams almost had another interception in the second half against Miami during that quarter that that could have, that could have ended the game right there. Uh, just some bad luck. He wasn't able to, to fully hold on to it. And, you know, if, if he holds on to that, that's, that's a whole different story. That could have stopped the Dolphins' comeback right there. So, yeah, this defense looks like it's, going to be a lot more opportunistic than in years past. Certainly turnovers can be fluky, but there is skill in it as well. And yeah, I think that's something that it's going to take some adjustment to it. But one other thing I want to say, not to monologue too much, but you know, we're talking about where, um, you know, where the armored Davis is going to fit into this defense, where are they going to really uh, shake out the secondary with the unfortunate, uh, injury to, to Kyle Fuller, which is a huge blow because that really, really, uh, you know, uh, firmed up slot corner for this year. Um, you know, after this Bills matchup, you have a lot of teams on this schedule where the secondary may not have to be as deep. Uh, you know, look, you got the Bengals, they got T. Higgins beat up. We'll see what happens there. And then the Giants, Browns, Tampa Bay's receivers are beat up. New Orleans, Carolina, that's a pretty long stretch there where, you know, I'm not saying those games will necessarily be easy, but there's a lot of games there where you can afford to to try some different personnel packages out there, you know, and and maybe give Armour Davis and Pepe Williams that seasoning that we're talking about uh, before you get into the the back end of the schedule and have to to face some some really deep offenses. So We'll see how the secondary, what they have to do against the Bills. But after that, um, the schedule might actually work out so that the Ravens get some flexibility to, to figure out how to approach some of these holes. Yeah, the Ravens are currently uh, tied for first in total turnovers by the defense with eight. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and who's the other guys? I saw another eight on the board here. Ah, the Buccaneers also have eight. Um, but we're, si we're, numbers we're independent 
for second place in uh, turnover differential plus five. Um, and that's awesome. I mean, that's that's winning football right there to be ahead in turnover differential and just creating those turnovers, particularly in the situations we did them, right? The big one, obviously, being Marlon Humphrey's interception. You know, the defense looks like it's just getting gashed and driven on easily and reminders of what happened. The scars are getting picked on from last week. And boom, he gets a pick in the end zone, stops the drive, stops the bleeding, and the Ravens are able to you know, put the game on ice. So that's the stop we were talking about. That was the player who was missing, right? So good to see that he only missed one snap the whole game and is playing at that level. I think it's important for him. And then, of course, the another redemption arc, we have Ricard on the offensive side, and we have Hamilton on the defensive side getting the splash play I think he's been pressing for, and I'm hoping this will let him just like ease in and, and play uh, with more confidence. You know, he showed why he was a first-round pick and so highly touted. The way that he was able to gain ground on Bourne and then get that punch was huge uh, after, you know, letting up. Not He didn't let it up himself, but, like, after the defense had let up a you know kind of big completion and a runaway there. Yeah, uh, yeah, excellent play by Hamilton. And then for Peters to be able to jump on that ball and secure it before going out of bounds. Um, yeah, it was great. I was a little bit worried about that in the moment. Uh, just to make sure that you know we stopped that drive there, but uh, but yeah, it was an excellent play from the rookie. Kind of pivoting a little bit. One guy, I I think we're still I think we're still waiting for that big play from him, and I know he wants it to come <laughs> so badly. But uh, Adafi Owe, I think, is having a, l- a little bit of trouble, and I, I know it's not all on him. I think the, the the dearth of of outside linebackers at all, I think, is really kind of hurting him. But, uh, you know, just one of those guys is just like getting some pressure, but just not close enough. There are a few plays he'd be able to climb the pocket and just is a, an arm's length away from the quarterback. And then Mac Jones was able to run out. Um, I think that play where Mac ran in for the touchdown, you know, Odafe, if he was uh, two feet closer, like that's a sack, that game's over or that drive's over rather. And there were a number of plays like that. And, you know, I know one, you know, common thing I think is that he's being held a lot. And, you know, I don't disagree with that, but I do think he's having a little bit of trouble of just maybe pushing a little bit too much. I'd really love to see some more pass rush moves from him. Uh, Just another one to be able to just, you know, be more effective. I I think the problem is he's just not, he's being erased from plays. And, you know, even, you know, the, the like threat of a pressure just not really coming there not to the same effect of as something like a guy like justin houston has been doing for the first couple of weeks i mean heck i'll even say like brandon copeland another guy actually i was really impressed with this game i, I thought in some plays like he actually had a little bit more pressure than Odafe. and again not all on him but you know certainly i think he he's my guy like if somebody needs an impact play to kind of boost his confidence like that's the guy right there we really need some plays to come for him I definitely agree with that. I, I will say though, I am I'm just biting at the at the bit to talk about this Bills matchup. Though I was watching some of what the Dolphins were able to do to that <laughs> Bills offensive line. Um, I think we might see a, a good game from OA coming up, but we we did see some strides from OA. I mean, obviously he had an excellent game against Arizona in the preseason. It looked like he had was debuting some new pass rushing moves. Haven't seen a ton of that through these first three weeks. I 100% agree with you on that play. Uh, where Mac Jones had the quarterback sneak, not quarterback sneak, but, you know, pocket collapse. He was able to run into the end zone untouched. That's a play Owe needs to make. And yes, did the tackle have good possession? Sure. But a guy who was drafted as high as him and, and has those physical tools, that's the leap we're waiting for from this guy. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he knows that. And I I think he will be able to do it. He might be a little bit of a late bloomer, like, like, Tyus Bowser or or Zadarius Smith. It seems that Ravens pass rushers these days it takes them a few seasons to to mold into the player that they're going to. But yeah, I, I would say though the silver lining to this though is that despite the fact that we're not yet seeing uh, Oa at the prime that we want to see him in, uh, the pass rush has has been there uh, through these first three weeks. Maybe not as much against the Dolphins, but certainly against the Jets and the Patriots. And we talked about it in the preview. We said this is going to be a tough test for the front seven. 
a tough test to to really get to the quarterback with an offensive line that all five members were were strong, which didn't mean that there weren't any weaknesses, but you know, an extremely solid unit. And while the Patriots definitely had the upper hand early in the game, with the exception of of a beautiful stunt by uh, Hamilton and Queen for a sack, uh, as the game uh, wore on, the the Ravens were able to chip away and and really get in the backfield quite a bit and disrupt Mac Jones. So I, I do think we need to look at that as a positive takeaway that we're still waiting for Bowser to come back, and and yeah, we're still waiting for Oway to make that that splash play. But the scheme right now is you're seeing. I would say more, maybe not a lot more, but more pass rush than we were expecting and a more effective pass rush than we were expecting going into the season at this point. Yeah, Owe is definitely getting a lot of respect, I think, from opposing offenses. A lot of people were complaining, obviously, about the holds against him. And uh, I think we'll see how they're able to respond with Houston potentially hurt with his injury and if JPP is able to come on board and and deliver uh, a difference anytime soon. We'll see how he's able to perform. He's had a couple of Sam snaps where he has been not just not quite in the right position. You know, even his long wingspan couldn't compensate for the fact that he was a little out of position and the pass got behind him. Uh, the same same problems we were talking about with like Bynes, even though he seemed to be playing better, and, and Queen, who uh, seemed to be playing about him the same. I think if I recall, I think it was like a pass. It was like the parker or born yeah, or something on like the left hand side <laughs> it's always parker yeah right. <laughs> no yeah I, I i remember seeing that play too because yeah. yeah i think three yeah. linebackers dropped and always a little bit too close to center and you just saw the pass go right above his hand so yep yep exactly yep and yeah. you know outside linebackers is a really tough position in the league it's notorious one of the longest uh growing pains so to speak uh so i still have um, have hope for him and uh, you know, intend to to wear his jersey next next go around. He's he's next. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not so. off the OA train. I'm just saying. No, like, no, if no the guy I'm needs a positive that. play. Like, no. I'm saying I'm saying I'm 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 back in the '99 here. I'm gonna bring it out so that you know he can perform against the Bills, <laughs> like, like 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 uh, like Peter once. But uh, hey, before we <laughs> we stop talking about the defense, we had an injury unfortunately um, to Pierce, and the test results aren't final yet. So we don't know the extent of it and what will have to happen. But I guess the good news is not only did Travis Jones get his first action and eat up a lot of snaps, but Matabuke is that dude. Another yes. redemption story. <laughs> uh, not that he like necessarily needed it, but we said after week two, like what's going on with this defensive line? They're not getting the push. Matabuke responded. And what the beautiful part was that he finally got a sack after doing so many great plays in dirty work that maybe PFF captures, but like, again, a traditional box score is just like a tackle or maybe not even a tackle. Like he just like, you know, disrupted a play and he's been doing a lot of dirty work this year. And he finally got like one of those, uh, you know, boutique stats that, uh, <laughs> you know, sack boom, love to see it. And he even got mentioned in the athletic football show podcast, which I thought was really interesting as like, Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Like, well, they, they were really high on him. I think they were the ones who started the whole like dark horse for uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Defensive uh, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, whatever thing, uh-huh. uh, last year. But yeah, no, I mean, Matabuke, like he's doing the thing. So it's, it's good. He, I, I'm just, and he, I love watching him. He's so excited. You know, he like gets so amped up whenever he makes a big play and he wears 92 and that's cool too. <laughs> you know, it just brings back those vibes. I mean, he's he's the most exciting Ravens defensive lineman to watch since the original '92, right? Oh, since yeah. Nada, I think. Maybe I'm going too far there. No, I th- no, no. <laughs> I'm like I'm struggling to think of. I mean, Brandon Williams. Yeah, maybe not that. Guy. I mean, I, Brandon Williams, yeah. excellent player. I mean, I I defend Brandon Williams more than almost anyone on this fan base. But but he was yeah. the the opposite of a of an exciting player. He just he was just <laughs> effective. You know? yeah, yeah. He did he did the dirty work really well. Willie Henry was good for 2016, and then after that, we don't know what happened to him. What did happen to Willie Henry? That's a name that you know. I oh, he I like, forget. He, was, he fell off the face of the universe. Like I think he, he had like really he got bad hurt. performance. Yeah, yeah he, and got he got hurt, got and then the year after he got cut. Yeah, yeah. bounced yeah, around the Niners, Texans, Eagles, Giants. Currently plays for the Birmingham Stallions. Oh, of course, of the <laughs> USFL. <laughs> 
the USFL. That's right. That was gonna be when is the USFL a thing? When does that? Who cares? Anyways, uh, yeah, Justin Matabuke. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie Stanley is is still not on the field, so no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean Matabuke. Yeah, he had a slow start last year, and. You know, even overall in the second half when he was starting to play a little better, we still wanted to see more from him, but he had a monster game against the Patriots. He was commanding some double teams, several athletic plays. He was in the backfield a lot, running in pursuit of the running back. There's nothing you can say, in my opinion, without like doing a deep dive of the film that he did bad in the game. You just watch any defensive snap of this game. I was just doing it while Alec was talking, just watching some random defensive snaps. Boom. Matabuke <laughs> coming across the field, making a run. Boom. Matabuke in the backfield, forcing Mac Jones to run to his, his left. Here's Matabuke getting a double team on a pressure. Look, it, it, we're just waiting for consistency from this guy, but he has the tools to be what was formerly known as a Pro Bowl player. I don't know if it'll still be known as a Pro Bowl player since that game um, got killed this morning, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm... We're, we're seeing good things from this guy, and that's going to play huge dividends for for this defense. And and hopefully that'll you know he starts having more consistent play. That'll be uh, something that that gets this run defense to start shoring up as the year goes on. Yeah, last one of the last couple thoughts here. Clay's Campbell managed to play eighty nine percent of snaps even after getting uh, dinged up early on in the game. I, I think we got to find a way to get that guy off the field. Not not because he's a liability, just because he's playing so many snaps for his age. Yeah. I mean, he's going back to vintage Clayus Campbell, and I, I don't know if uh, his body wants to be vintage Clayus no. Campbell. Well, do we and, know and, why Brent Urban was um, was inactive? Uh, probably because of... Uh, Bringing on Jones. Jones. Yeah, just like a yeah. numbers game. Sure, yeah. That, I don't know. I'd have to think about if, if there was somewhere we could have we used an extra lineman over someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you a name. His name is Mike and rhymes with Schmavis. <laughs> True. <laughs> he played yeah. a single snap. <laughs> like, but you don't want to be going into the game with uh, with yeah, uh, two nice. half halfbacks there. I'm sure they didn't want to do that. So even uh, even if even if you right. still technically were, but <laughs> right. I know, I know. Hey, Devin is ready. <laughs> yeah. Or another guy. Uh, Alec confuses him with Jack Doyle. <laughs> yeah that's true yeah yeah yeah, yeah with the offensive there. players yeah but uh yeah no i mean i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping with uh you know whenever uh jason pierre paul is able to join i don't know if it's going to be during the bills or maybe the week after um i'm hoping with him his return i would hope that that would help lessen the snap count a little bit um because yeah if you I mean, if you notice especially after houston went out um it was odafe and then calais on either side of the line when they're playing a four-man mm-hmm. throw so um yeah he was playing a lot of those uh i guess i don't even know i don't even think he'd technically be a sam at that point i don't i don't know how they do that but yeah he was playing a lot of snaps on the outside so mm-hmm. right yeah no, I mean, and he has a potential versatility which is wonderful but uh yeah and then of course like after week four you know we're about to be there i bet you uh we're gonna see our main man bowser back like it sounds like he was darn close to being ready and like the IR decision was made right the last minute. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the Travis Jones trajectory. Just uh, they they pivoted a little bit differently than they did for Travis Jones, where he could have maybe even been playing in this game, maybe even for the Bills game or whatever, but they just took it uh, the safe route. Particularly with that, he had the unique uh, qualification of being on the uh, pup and not having to uh, play roster and get aim spots with, whereas, um, you know, other players, they they had to get those games so anyways i I, i'm excited for this defense i think it has a lot of headroom and yards points aren't too big of a deal if uh you keep getting these turnovers and winning the high leverage plays yeah we we needed to see a bounce back performance from this unit to feel comfortable after the the breakdown against miami i think we saw it i understand some of the fan base still wants to see more. I get it. I mean, we do too. But I think I think you hit it right. They showed progression. They they showed how this can work. And luckily, there's still plenty of the season more for them to to fine tune it. But yeah, the the, the f- core of this group is you know I think I think pretty special. And uh, I think we're going to see big things from this from this group. And you know before we close this out, we still got to talk 
our safeties, uh, Marcus Williams and Chuck Clark, still doing an excellent job. <laughs> and it seems like this is just going to be a, an every week thing. Marcus Williams and Chuck Clark just all over the field making plays. But a couple mistakes from them, sure. But uh, another really solid effort from both those guys. Want to wrap it up with our MVPs? Sounds good. Um, I think there's a really obvious answer here. Uh, so I'm going to let you guys go first and and uh, take it <laughs> if you guys don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can take it. That's fine. I'm going right, to go with... Okay. Uh, Okay, go, go ahead. Go first. All right, fine. Yeah, well, it, it's kind of, it, it's it's co-MVP. I think I think you got to look at it. Um, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters didn't have them last year. They got big turnovers uh, in this game. when uh, the fourth quarter got crazy, and that was the difference, like we were saying. So you got to give it to those guys. I'm going to get cute with it. I'm going to say uh, John Harbaugh, 150 wins, first win as a 60-year-old, and um, I think he's a good leader of men. Interesting. Uh, not where I was going to maybe go with it, but... Uh, <laughs> First right. win in Foxborough. <laughs> There's like a lot of fun little storylines for yeah, him. So I, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I get, we should have had some more wins in Foxborough, if I'm going to be honest. Well, first but. first regular <laughs> first regular season win. Let's not shortchange yeah. those uh, playoff wins. That's fair. Oh, That's yeah, fair. yeah. Yeah. Can't forget about um, those two. Yeah. No. Uh, you know what? <laughs> this feels really weird to say. Uh, I'm not going to go for the obvious Lamar Jackson or Mark Andrews. I'm going to go... Greg Roman. Um, Ooh. <laughs> I thought I thought adjusting after McCary went down with Halele, I thought that was great. I really liked a lot of the new wrinkles to the offense this week. I thought that there were some really interesting things. Like I said, that shovel pass to Andrews, you know, you had Ricard on a crosser. Nobody would ever expect that. Uh, there were a lot of plays like that, that I thought were just well-designed, and uh, the guys executed really well. Um, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. He's gonna have to make sure that that uh, that the the lock's good on on that vault starting to leak. <laughs> well, you know it's funny, right? Like, I feel like the vault's gonna be wide open for this fourth game of the season that we've all had circled since the schedule came out. Hopefully, and, yeah. And he's already been letting things slide out, so like, who knows? <laughs> we might be out coming out of. Uh, we might see more fourteen personnel. Remember when they did fourteen personnel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> nah, we'll see. But I'm looking forward to this uh, game. Obviously, we're talking about it. You know, Bills uh, at home, 1 o'clock, really big matchup. Uh, both teams only have one loss, and it was to the Dolphins in kind of disappointing fashion. And we'll see how it fares. We're about to do a show with uh, CJ. He's been on the floor to talk to the Bills, so we'll get to discuss it with him, learn more about his team. And, yeah, go Ravens. You can find us at One Winning Pod on Twitter. You can also email us pod at gmail.com and most importantly go on YouTube check out the uh, new video content that we're putting up and we'll have more Ravens history corners more bets that you just should follow Jason on apparently <laughs> at least the hell it's going right now and uh, yeah thanks for listening guys and we'll talk to you soon